Today's podcast is brought to you by Every Wednesday, a plan to inspire the people of Portland and support the place we call home. Let's get out of the house and spend some time with each other. Skip Zoom, meet for coffee, take your colleagues out to happy hour. Buying a gift? Ditch the internet and support a local maker by shopping in-store. Head into town every Wednesday and see what's going on at everywednesdaypdx.com. Welcome to The Dive Podcast, presented by Willamette Week, where every Saturday we discuss the biggest news stories of the week with Portland's noisiest newsmakers, savviest culturistas, and some of the best journalists in the game. I'm your host, Brianna Wheeler, and I want to hear from you. So send your questions and comments to me, bwheeler at wweek.com. All right, y'all. Enjoy the show. Oh, my God. You guys. Sophie Peel broke the government. Well, she she broke the government the way that someone might break the second to last rotten leg of a shitty, perpetually soggy table the day before, like, trash pickup, so it fits in the dumpster. Uh, which is to say, uh, shit was already trash. Sophie's unfuckwithable journalism just held the garbage hoarders accountable for us so we could finally start to clean up the back alley, if you know what I mean. This week, Sophie presented us with a phenomenal piece of journalism. And you know what? I'm, I'm just going to let Michelle say it. Just say it. Michelle, just, just say it. Just say it, Michelle. Girl, you have done it again, constantly raising the bar for us all and doing it flawlessly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is what I am also saying. It's Saturday, May 6th, and this is episode 122 of The Dive. Today I'm chatting with Sophie Peel, whose series of bombshell stories led to this week's cover package, Up in Smoke, wherein Secretary of State Shamia Fagan resigns over the discovery of her dumpster fire of ethical violations regarding the dispensary chain La Mota, a shop infamous for choking out competition and donating heavily to a number of political campaigns. Ugh, right? I know. Blech. Sophie will break down just how she uncovered one of the nastiest secrets of the cannabis industry and our own government in just one sec. But first, here's what I learned from this week's edition of Willamette Week. Lucas Manfield reports on the saga of Washington Center, confirming that as early as two years ago, the city was pressuring the property's owners, Menashe Properties, to do something about the building's deteriorating condition. Meanwhile, the building became a fentanyl market. It is currently boarded up completely, including the iconic glass domed overhang. And from the web, Lucas reports that Derek Peterson has resigned his race for an open seat on the public school board, Zone 3 after coming under national scrutiny over Oregonian and Rolling Stone examinations of his connections to a church associated with the Christian nationalism movement. In this week's Potlander column, I am advising you to skip the dispensary drama altogether and just grow your own weed with a quick start guide to starting your very own clone garden. Now, let's 
get into the scandal that ousted the Secretary of State with Sophie Peel. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in the initial cover story, you know, it was about LaModa, which is the second biggest dispensary chain in the state. And we found they've been issued over seven million dollars in federal and state taxes or federal and state tax liens and then have been um, you know, sued 30 times in Oregon Circuit Courts. Many of those complaints allege non-payment of bills. Um, and, you know, at the time we had reported that they had sort of climbed the, the ladder of political influence in the Democratic Party. They you know, they co-sponsored or sponsored a lot of Democratic Party events. They threw fundraisers for, you know, Governor Tina Kotek and Secretary of State Shamia Fagan um, over the past couple of years at a very nice home in the West Hills that they were renting. Um, you know, they were kind of everywhere. They threw a ball for a black tie gala for Governor Kotek in the fall. They had a they hosted a pickleball fundraiser for her. Um, they were kind of everywhere. And so we knew they had ties to Secretary Fagan in some way. We did not expect them to be her employer. Um, <laughs> that came out. So last last Wednesday, um, I got a tip in my inbox from a burner email um, that pretty much said, hey, I think this is happening. And and I was, you know, I shared it with a colleague of mine. And I think we were both kind of dubious, but just because it seemed a little too unbelievable to be true. But at the same time, it was so such a specific tip. You know, sometimes you get tips and you're like, yeah, I just don't think this is true. Mm -hmm. And then this one was so specific and direct. I just, I couldn't really imagine anyone making that up. Like I couldn't really understand a motive to make that up. And so, you know, we sent off questions on Wednesday to uh, Fagan's office. And then on Thursday afternoon, they, you know, confirmed what we had heard, which is that Fagan was working as a contractor for an affiliate company of LaModa that was is controlled by Rosa Casares and Aaron Mitchell, which are the co-founders and co-owners of LaModa. And then we asked, and I think other outlets asked probably throughout, you know, Thursday, Friday, and through the weekend for her to share a copy of the contract. Mm -hmm. And she and her office declined to do so. And they declined to do so for four days until Monday morning when she released the contract and then held a press conference where she, you know, to answer reporters' questions. And what that contract showed is that she was paid substantially more from this contract than she was from her elected day job as yeah. Secretary of State. So she was paid $10,000 a month with this contract to do consulting work. It was a little vague exactly what that was. In the contract, it sounded like a research position. She was looking at regulations and laws around cannabis in other states. Um, so she was being paid $10,000 a month and then offered an additional $30,000 for every cannabis license obtained outside of Oregon and New Mexico. So, you know, pretty, pretty nice paycheck for that contracting work. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez. Yeah. And so she released that on Monday. And I, I think, I don't know if she would have had to resign and she may very well have resigned had she shared the contract from the get go. But I think it was I think it was not a strategic move to hold on to that mm. contract as long as she did. I think that stoked a lot of um, doubt and sort of suspicion about how just how lucrative that contract was. And I think what made it really damning is that these people, Aaron and Rosa, they were big political contributors yeah. to her, which, you know, whether or not Fagan broke any. Oregon laws, ethics laws, I think everyone would agree, most people would agree that she broke, you know, 
she broke ethical norms or at least expectations, especially in her position as secretary yeah. of state, which is a really important position right now, just because of, you know, election denialism that that's been sort of, you know, fostered by Trump and the Republican party. And so, you know, she's supposed to be above reproach and, and she was not above it. Oof. Then she resigned on Tuesday. That's the, <laughs> that's where we are now. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So timeline. A light gets shown onto Lamoda. What's happening with Lamoda? Lamoda is getting audited. Fagan recuses herself from the audit. We don't know, as her constituents, that the audit has been completed. We just know that she has recused herself. Is it is it is it out of pocket for me to suggest that Lamoda was paying her not so much for this like consulting, but maybe to steer this audit? in one direction or the other direction? I think there's two um, big, I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions, but I think there's two pieces to that. One, yes, I think there's a lot of suspicion around whether Lamoto is basically buying her influence so yeah. they could put their thumb on the, on the audit. And it's really interesting because records show, the working papers of the audit show that as early as January of 2021, Fagan was emailing, you know, the director of the audits division and the lead auditor of the OLCC audit before the audit had even begun. She had pressed them multiple times to talk to Rosa about the scope of the audit. Mm -hmm. So basically, go talk to Rosa, ask her what she wants in this audit. What? Which is huge when the secretary of state is basically advocating for you to be able to talk to a lead auditor that's auditing a division that's supposed to regulate you. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, you know, again, we don't know if, if Rose's input into the OLCC during those interviews with auditors influenced the, the end result of the audit. But I think there are very real clues that it did because a lot of her gripes that the, that the metric system, the seed to sale tracking system is, you know, burdensome mm -hmm. and, and onerous, that all these safety precautions that are now required of dispensaries, you know, are too expensive and too onerous and we don't need them all because we don't know if they even do anything. So a lot of a lot of her complaints that we see in her interview with auditors did show up in some form in in the final version of the audit. So, um, you know, the Oregon Department of Justice is is launching an investigation into the audit process to see if we can actually trust that document or if there or if it was influenced, you know, unduly influenced by outside forces, including Rosa and, and Fagan's cozy relationship with Lamoda. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of questions. And then, sorry, the, the other thing that you had asked about is what they employed her for. I think there's also a big ethics question mm -hmm. is, did they employ her because she's secretary of state? Did they employ her because of her title? And because of her access to other leadership in other states, you know, she yeah. said on Monday during the press conference that she had reached out to the lieutenant governor of Connecticut and to talk about Lamoda and talk about cannabis regulation there. And so, you know, there's the question of had Fagan not had the title of secretary of state, would she have had access to the lieutenant governor of Connecticut? Mm -hmm. Would she have had access to other regulators in other states when she called them to talk about Lamoda? So, there's a lot of questions and I don't know if every single one of those will get answered, but we, you know, there are two investigations going on right now, one into the process of the audit by the department, Oregon department of justice. And then the second one by the Oregon government ethics commission into Fagan's contract. So what does this mean for the OLCC? 
is this going to be like a huge shakeup? Is this going to change the entire structure of the OLCC? I think no, you know, it's really interesting because obviously, you know, in February, there was the Pappy Van Winkle. Um, yes. The, it, the, the agency sort of cleaned house then. Mm-hmm. So they are bare bones right now. I mean, some of their oh, top geez. officials are out who were embroiled in this, in the Poppy Van Winkle scandal. So mm-hmm. they are already kind of stripped down to the bones of that agency. And now there's this, which I think casts a lot of questions about how the OLCC is regulating or not regulating yeah. LaModa and others. And I think it's interesting because the Oregonian had reported last week that, you know, the audit was, the audit was released on Friday. And it was just, it was a softball, yeah. you know, it was well, it basically be, yeah. like, we're right, we're over-regulating cannabis, we're stifling the industry, all these things cost too much, that OLCC needs to do less <laughs> to regulate businesses. When in our reporting a month ago on LaModa, we found that the OLCC had the ability to regulate LaModa with, uh, uh, um, I don't know, more vigor or any vigor, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you put up this audit against what we found in, in the lack of regulation around LaModa. And it's just, um, I guess it just, it doesn't stack up. Yeah. Like it doesn't stack up that the state's recommendation to the OLCC is to do less when we found that they're doing very, very little when it comes to a very big company in Oregon, one of the biggest companies. Yeah. So. As a reader, just from the beginning of the, when we were talking about LaModa and we talked about it on the podcast and even I was nervous. I was like, are they going to come for me on the podcast? Are they going to send lawyers after me? Little old me? Babe, um, watch out. <laughs> I know. Not me. Um, but then like watching that shit snowball. Oh my gosh. Like I felt my blood pressure raising. So I can't even imagine what it must've been like for you to be reporting it. Was there any time while you were reporting it that you felt scared for your own safety? I find myself with a little bit of anxiety about it. And I know it's probably not the the rational part of my brain, but I don't know. Like a lot of the people I've talked to have said, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this. I'm not going to talk on the record because I don't know what they're going to do. And like, I, you know, so then I'm like, Oh, shit. oh God. Like, uh, I giggle it off because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Gosh, that is so, yeah. that is so intense. Yeah intense what was the most i don't know what was the most intense thing that you you came up across when you were reporting this the most intense or the most interesting Ooh, those are two different sorry, things i usually ask interesting but this is such an oh. intense story what was was there anything that just shook you so hard um i would say it was on monday evening that i was taking a walk and i just felt um you know, Secretary Fagan, what, I don't think what she did was right. But I also can imagine she feels like the walls are really closing in on her right yeah. now. And that's hard for anyone, you yeah. know, no matter what they did or didn't do. Like, that that's a really hard feeling to, I mean, I don't know because I'm not a public figure. But I would imagine if you're a public figure, it's one thing in your personal life to feel like everyone's turning their backs on you. And then when it's in the press and when you're a political figure with political aspirations and you know, all your personal business is getting blasted on the internet. You know, I just, I can imagine it's, it is a really emotionally distraught time for her. And I, I do have empathy for her and I, I feel, I don't feel guilty for, for, you know, what we wrote. I think we wrote and others wrote what we needed to write, but 
you know, I also you like putting myself in her shoes. I think I'd feel really alone right now. And isolation is just such, it's a, such a hard, you know, emotion. So I think that, that was intense. That honestly was maybe the most intense thing I've felt mm. this whole time when I kind of took a moment to like sit back and actually breathe and think about how she's feeling right now. But, um, you know, I also think it's really interesting to, I'm fascinated to see how LaModa deals with this. Yeah. I mean, they, they went on coin and I think a longer version of the interview is coming out today, but they went on coin to talk you know, about this. And we've reached out to them probably 20 times now for anything and have never heard back. But, you know, they decided to go to a TV station to talk about it, which is fine. Um, but I'm really curious to see what they say. And and I don't know what the coin reporter is going to ask them, but I hope she asks about the tax liens. I hope mm-hmm. she asks about their connection to Fagan. I hope she asks about the lawsuits and the, you know, so they're like, I hope there are some answers. I'm just really curious to see how LaModa responds to everything. Yeah, indeed. Big thanks to this week's guest, Sophie Peel, and thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me again next week. Until then, bye!